for sure the plan and finding you that it can squeeze in everything they can don't take it from me man but you can't afford to say it's super flex city don't take it from me man but you can't afford to say it's super flex city it's Good morning, Superflex City. Yes, we Had did it, dude. It yes, <laughs> I wasn't we... sure. I'm like, how am I going to even come into this show? <laughs> almost forgot. Like, it's been so long that you almost forgot that that's, it, that's our... It, yeah, that's yeah. it. Right there, fired it up. And uh, I, I'm, not a, I'm not alone on a deserted island. <laughs> no, so not yet not yet you're, you're about to me. yeah what's gonna what are we doing here <laughs> well swags let me just tell you <laughs> we uh we're gonna play a game called deserted island in fact um this is something that, that we use quite a bit in business uh kind of talking about like looking at the long view of the health of your business um and i like i won't bore you with the details of how we apply it in in business but i'm not bored yeah not yet like i'm i'm interested nice uh you're gonna like the the fantasy football version so much better trust me so uh, but yeah maybe i will give you a little bit of an overview so kind of kind of the idea is so we have we have something called key success indicators which is how you know you know that your that your business is performing well uh, without doing kind of a deep dive. And, uh, uh, you know, essentially the idea is if you are stranded on a desert island, you know, you're a business owner, you get stranded on a desert island, you've got your cell phone, it's got full battery, but you have no idea how long you're going to be stuck out there. So you don't even want to turn on your phone unless you really need to, right? And then, you know, use you know, spend as little time on it as possible and then shut it off again. So, you know, essentially you would call whoever's running your business for you, ask them a, a, just a simple, a quick, simple question, and then you can get off the phone. And that question will tell you how your business is doing. So if you're hitting your, your key success indicators, then you know that your business is doing well. Well, so we're going to kind of apply that for fantasy football, essentially. So, you are stranded on a desert island and you're going to call Superflex dude here after, you know, at the end of the 2021 season and ask me a, a fantasy football question. But I'm going to give you just the quickest answer I can and then we can get off the phone and you can tell me what that tells you about, you know, the way the season went. Love this. Yes. Love this. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's it's kind of some projection model type of stuff. Uh, we don't yeah, do models a long here, view, though. Like you said, I know what you're saying, though. Yeah. So I've got a question. Yeah. I'm curious what happened while I've been on this island. How, how, what happened with that uh, Deshaun Watson case? Uh, it's still pending. He played the 2021 season. What does that tell you? What, so wow. now we get off the phone and now you get to leave. The rest of it is left to your imagination. What does that tell you? Yeah, Who you did just he... hung up on me and I've got to figure this all out. <laughs> I'm like, holy cow, I lost my battery power. Yep. And I'm like, <laughs> just before I got stranded on this island, I got so much Davis Mills and Tyrod Taylor. And it, <laughs> those were useless moves. And what, I'm guessing that all my my teams that were left in control of others are are hurting a little bit. I should have probably started moving those Davis Mills and Tyrod Taylor shares a long time ago. So that's the interesting thing, though, is you don't know that part for sure, right? You don't know for sure that you know that Deshaun Watson played for Houston. We didn't have time for me to tell you that part. Ooh. So there's a, a that, huge that, range of outcomes. No, that I love that because that's yeah. that's very interesting because it doesn't seem probable he does play there when when you give me the actual long view now and mm -hmm. cuz that's where my head went right away it was just kind of like oh but you know you have to remember I'm also out here freaking dehydrated and just been roasting in the sun I'm not thinking <laughs> right and you just <laughs> hung up on me so quick yeah so crack open a coconut chug that yeah, bad boy down and right. tell me even if he doesn't get suspended and he does play it could be for mm -hmm. the Denver Broncos Denver Broncos for all we know 
Oh, from, from your lips, man, to God's ears. But <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's still another guy that I would still even, ah, man. So we're doing that a 16 tough. team yeah. best ball draft today, actually. And John had the 16th pick and he took Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson back to back. And this is in a league where, I mean, what, we probably had 14 of the first 16 picks up to you, like 17 be quarterbacks. Yep. And you took two arguably risky quarterbacks Very. in a redraft format where you were confident right there to be like, bam, bam, Deshaun Watson. And that's kind of what even made me want to talk a little bit about Watson. Yeah. And I mean, the idea was for me was, yeah, again, 16 teams, it's best ball. That helps a little bit. Um, quarterback is almost completely decimated already after one round. I mean, yeah, we, we pretty much wi- wiped it out. Matthew Stafford, Stafford and Jalen Hurts were first round picks in yeah, the 16. I, I took Matthew Stafford, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill went way earlier than yeah. I expected, but I kind of um, don't hate it. It's just so and, hard yeah. to get in that redraft mindset when you're taking some of these players and not having to worry about the future. It's kind of fun, actually, to not have to worry about the future. But yeah, yeah. Ryan Tannehill went super early. Yeah, he was like fifth overall or something like that. Yeah. Tom yep. Brady went something like seventh or eighth. Like, yeah, it was. These guys are definitely in that that redraft mindset. It, it sounds like you and I aren't fully there yet, but like, right. I, I think we did okay. I think the picks that we made were fine. But you know, my kind of my thought was in order for me to win, especially in best ball, where I don't like I don't get the advantage against anyone of you know being able to set a lineup. You know, um, that's I talked about that last week on the Superflex Super Show is that I feel like I end up being pretty good at setting lineups. And sometimes, not always, but sometimes that gives me an advantage in a week in fantasy football. Well, in best ball, I don't get that, you know, so, right, um, which is fine. Um, but what it means is, you know, I need I need a lot of upside in best ball since I don't get that extra little boost of upside from, you know, just just being good at, at, you know, pulling the levers. And so, you know, I, I was like, this is a very boom bust move. I mean, if you take either of those quarterbacks, it's boom bust as hell. So, man, I might as well take them both either. Yeah. Either I'm just going to get crushed this year because I don't have a quarterback or I'm going to have two of the, you know, two of the top five quarterbacks in the league. So, so where do you, where where would you like to see Watson actually land? Man, so that's where I'm struggling a little bit because Denver, I mean, I'd really like, I've got my man crush, Aaron Rodgers, that could be there. But Deshaun Watson, 25 years old, you know, uh, and put him in there with, you know, Cortland Sutton and and Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler and Noah Fant for the next 10 years. Man. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's mouthwatering. So... Yeah, I I think I think Denver's probably the answer. I feel like there are a lot more options for Deshaun Watson than for Aaron Rodgers, though. So I think that I don't I don't know how likely Denver really is. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Okay, so ask Miami maybe? Oh, yeah, play the deserted island game. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, let me think about this. Um, who who is uh who is this year's or who is 2021's Justin Jefferson the rookie with the just a gigantic ADP jump mm. Mr. Rookie Man. Fever that's tough so i kind of feel like we need to stick on quarterbacks a little bit if we're going to talk about Justin Jefferson so mm-hmm. it can be a quarterback it can be any position really so i mean my answer to you it's it's I, and I can, I guess I can just have a short answer, but I'll tell you that Cam Newton ended up being cut in preseason and they, mm-hmm. they went to Mac Jones early on. So Mac Jones was the answer. Yeah. 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 I mean, if, if, yeah, if you, if you tell me it was, it was Mac Jones, then my initial I thought is said that, right? You, right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. 
um, <laughs> because that's that's exactly where my mind would have went is Cam Newton didn't even start the season then because there I just don't see a way I'm and I'm curious on your thoughts on this too but I don't see a way that Cam Newton and Mac Jones play in the same season you know it's either yeah. you start off with Mac Jones or I mean you could start with um was it Brian Hoyer yeah one of those former Patriots who came up. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's either you start with Mac Jones or Brian Hoyer because you can transition from Brian Hoyer to Mac Jones. You can't transition from Cam Newton to Mac Jones. Like they run two totally different systems, you know, two totally different skill sets. So it just, it, it just doesn't even make sense for, you know, for Cam Newton to start the season, play a, you know, half the season or whatever. And then you switch over to Mac Jones because you're asking the entire offense to do something completely different midstream, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see a way for that to work. I think either you plan on Mac Jones sitting the full season and you go with Cam Newton, you know, ride or die. So, or, yeah. Well, I'm on the island. I got a little bit more juice here. And I'm curious who ended up being the number one target for whoever is the quarterback for the New England Patriots? Um, let's see. It's like Nikhil Harry, Kenyuk Bourne, and then the tight ends, <laughs> which we don't talk about too much. Yeah. Your boy, um, Johnu Smith, and then we've got Hunter Henry there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I think I'm going to stick. <laughs> oh, this is that is such a hard offense to figure out. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you is Jacoby Myers again. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't hate it. So Nikhil Harry, we're done with Nikhil Harry. That's kind of what I got out of this after <laughs> I, I hung up I, the phone. I think we've been done with him. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, you know, every now like- and then there's a little bit of hope or I can create a narrative for anything. So <laughs> I, I probably like, <laughs> <laughs> when you're trying to like add him into trades or something, you're like, yeah, what if he hits? He's so cheap right now. Um, but yeah, I think that he, they seem a little bit done with him. I think Kenya Bourne has almost a better chance than to kill Harry on the team at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, how gross. I know. And, and mm. what's Cam even going to do with that for that matter? Right. I know. <laughs> But that's the thing. I mean, if it is Cam, and that was kind of where I was going with it is, you know, I'm I'm going off the assumption that it's Cam Newton all year and he's, you know, Mac Jones just sits on your bench bench all year. I don't know if they're going to see enough from him, you know, to, to give him that type of shot and to feel comfortable moving on from Cam Newton. So I kind of think it's Cam all season. And he, man, he was looking for Jacoby Myers quite a bit last year. Once he discovered him, who ended up being the RB one for twenty twenty one? Um, <laughs> I'll I'm gonna go with man. Do I do it? Should I do it? I think you know who I'm thinking about. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to decide if I should go with them again. I feel like I do. Should I go back to the to the well? Back to Cincinnati. Let's do it, Joe Mixon. Yeah, so you're saying you're saying a lot there. I, I wonder if McCaffrey ended up getting hurt again now, or if Barkley went down, or if Mixon just got the bulk of that load on a team that improved the offensive line a little bit. I, I think the team got a lot better. Um, I don't hate it at all. I also wonder if Barkley comes back a little bit late into the season, or if he's a little bit slow to start the year. Um, yeah, yeah, you're saying a lot there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> killing my battery. <laughs> I have no more calls to make now. <laughs> <sighs> you're supposed to hang up and then just let it ruminate. Just, just. I know we need we need like <laughs> some dial tones and we need some different sound drops. I'll work on it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a tough one though, and I like Joe Mixon a lot. Uh, it's he'd have to have an exceptional year to be in front of like Derrick Henry, 
Chubb, all those guys. Um, I don't think it's out of the realm though. So I'm just, I'm not that guy to argue back with you hard on this one, I guess, you know, I'm not super surprised, but I wonder what happened to the other running backs that weren't there and how close they were to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, Still trying to to create the narrative myself, I guess. But I mean, I I still think that this is a a fairly young, fairly you know transitional type of offense. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I it, he's literally a year older than Najee Harris. Yeah, yeah, and he doesn't have. The, so this is the big thing that gets me with with the running back position that like people people still want to just apply just the age, you know, and, and which, you know, he's like you said, he's still super young. Um, but he yep. also, you know, the, like they'll, they'll, they'll also kind of try and bunch him in with guys like Kamara and Dalvin cook, you know, since they all came in at the same time. And it's like, man, Joe Mixon has way less usage than those guys through, you know, through the first four years of, of their careers. So, you know that's the big thing with running backs that we should be looking at is is the the usage, not the age, not the you know time served. Look at the number of attempts that they have, and look at the number of of carries in particular that they have. And Joe Mixon is, I mean, it's because he's been an injury issue this whole time, but like. It, you know, it's it's kept him off the field and it's kept him fresh. I don't know what else to what else to tell people. There, he's he's a lot less. He doesn't have nearly as much usage as as you know Ezekiel Elliott or Alvin Kamara. So you know, I I yeah. think that there's still it's still in the range of outcomes for him. Where you know those guys, I don't I don't know that it is. Yeah, I, I like that um, argument for Derrick Henry, too, because they use the age thing a lot with Derrick Henry. But you look at his carries like those first two and a half seasons when he was playing with DeMarco Murray and there there was a lack of opportunity for Derrick Henry. And now he's just been crushing it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, man, I kind of want to come back to a to that question for you. Um, I'm going to do that a little bit later, I think, though. Right now, because I want to get to your team, the Detroit Lions, and I want to know who was the top who was the top pass catcher not named Hawkinson. The top pass catcher not named Hawkinson? Yeah. I, I think it could be DeAndre Swift. Yeah. After Hawkinson, I think it could be one of those two guys. I think after that, the, I think it could very likely be Amon Ross St. Brown out of the slot. And mm. I think I, I'm conflicted here. Cause I think at that point, he's one of those players you want to sell. Yeah. And I also realize how bad I am at this game in the short answers. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to give me the explanation. And I'm just Swift. like, dude, my battery's about to die. <laughs> I still need enough battery to watch some. I can, man. I still need to be able to watch some porn tonight. Um, so <laughs> your island is a lot cooler than mine. <laughs> I'm just I'm just getting the most out of this phone. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> Every little bit of usage I can get. So I, I'd um, say DeAndre Swift. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's. That honestly, that feels like the kind of the chalk answer. That feels like, I mean, the. I think that's fair. Yeah, I like I. I and, and it, go ahead. It, it it makes me wonder, like, how many, like, you know, while I'm sitting here on this island, just like thinking about his Swift, I was like, I mean, that makes sense, but like, how many attempts did Jared Goff have? Are we back to? Because he never had a, a high number of attempts when he was in L.A. either. So, you know, he's just super efficient. And so, you know, now in Detroit, it's 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 like, is that is that what happened here? Is it, you know, is it a low number of, of targets and receptions for Swift? Or um, is it, you know, is it just those, you know, the wide receiver group is so 
like generic, I guess. I don't know of a nicer way to say it, but like, I mean, those guys could be just, just cannibalizing each other. Yeah. I, yeah. It, I mean, it could be though. We've got the predator, Quentin Cephas, Tyrell Williams, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and then the undrafted free agents, Sage Surratt, and then the tight ends, you know, mm-hmm. it's, there's literally nothing there. So I, I could, man. And then if it really ends up being swift though, even with that low pass volume that you're talking about, possibly from Goff, I mean, yeah. he could arguably end up being an RB one in PPR if that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I it, Pretty easily, I would think. So, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, so when I said I wanted to ask you about running backs, I kind of had a feeling you were going to go to DeAndre Swift. So I figured by, you know, by we could kind of kill two birds with one stone with that question. Also trying to figure out the wide receiver group a little bit. Like, I mean, Perriman is still my guy, but yeah, man, it's, it it's uh, like, do you, do you, are any of those guys even worth a late pick in a redraft league? Um, I don't think I don't think Perriman would be bad to go grab him late. Maybe Swinton, um, Quentin Cephas or Amon Ra, like in some best balls or something like that in the like redraft type format. I think that for me, Tyro Williams is probably the Detroit cut candidate. Yeah, I like that. That yeah, but that's one of those that feels like it's coming. You know, yeah, <laughs> it feels yeah. like so obvious. Yeah, I've been waiting for another team to cut somebody like a Jamison Crowder or a Preston Williams or somebody like that to at least have them come to Detroit or something. But we'll see. Even that isn't much, but even like Fenero mentioned last night, like, are they trying to lose? And maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> probably I hope not for Jared Goff's sake. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. He's, he's Gardner Minshew at this point, you know, him and him and Jalen Hurts, they're both kind of in that that Gardner Minshew place where it's like, I mean, you better find some wins or else they're going to be in a position to draft a guy that they cannot possibly bench, uh, yeah. for, you know, for you. So, um, do you have another phone call? Downer. Uh, I think it's your turn. Yeah, you give me one. I was going to practice my short answers. I was ready. I'm not going to be ready next time. <laughs> who who was the number? And I kind of talked to you about this one. So who is the number two targeted for Aaron Rodgers? And that's also assuming that he's in Green Bay. Yeah. I think he will be, to be honest with you. But if you want to mm-hmm. say Jordan Love or whoever, take it whatever way you want. Yeah. Packers QB1. Um, I think I'm going to stick with Robert Tanyan. Tanyan. Yeah. There you go. I mean, I don't think that there's that the running back position is going to be like, I don't think it funnels to one person, but now I'm doing it. I'm, I'm supposed to give you a short answer. Robert Tunyon. Yeah. I kind of like that for Rob. I mean, that's kind of how I felt before I came out here on the Island was Robert Tanyan. So I, I feel pretty good about it. I'm, I'm wondering if, uh, Amari Rogers ends up, fitting in there at all or if you have any high hopes for him Mm, yeah i don't know not yet (laughs) um i think it would it would take a little bit of time if even if he does get there i mean they've they've been doing this all along this is this is the whole problem for aaron Rodgers. i mean it's a kind of a combination of things it's you know they had some guys that he trusted early on Mm -hmm. and they shipped them off yeah. That's that's the big issue. Yeah. You know, Jordy Nelson, James Jones, yeah. Randall Cobb, like he trusted those guys and they got rid of them. And that and was then, all within like two and a half years. Yeah. When they were yeah. winning. And yeah. And they, they were in, you know, he was in his prime and had that, you know, that great group of wide receivers that he really trusted. And they just and and he, he even said that to them. And they said, yeah, we don't, we don't care. We're just going to rebuild this the way we want it to look. And, you know, you replace them with a bunch of guys that he knows nothing about. He doesn't, yep. and it, you know, he's, he's done his best to give them every option. But at the end of the day, none of these guys has panned out. None of them has been anywhere close to what he had with Jordy and, you know, Cobb and Jones. So 
I, I, and I, I mean, Amari Rogers just feels like the exact same thing to me. He's, he's MVS, you know, he's, yeah. he's, you know, Jamon Moore, he's, he's those guys. So, I mean, it would take a pretty remarkable effort from him to get to that point. I think no so. love for Devin Funches. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> 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 they already have a tight end that he trusts. Yeah, man, I don't hate that at all, though. I think I could see it kind of going like that and Devontae Adams being the man again, honestly. And then yeah. Robert Tanyan, I think, showed up crucial moments for Rodgers last year. Do you think yeah. Rodgers is going to come back? I kind of do at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe the holdout lasts... And, and I mean, he's got leverage here because Jordan Loves looks like crap. But like, I I don't know. At the end of the day, it costs them way too much um, to you know to 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 move on from him. Like they're still paying you know how much of his salary. It, uh, I I don't. I think it's he's there for another year. That's yeah. that's my feeling on it. But yep, I'd love to see him in Denver, but man, I don't think it's happening. Um, who age me, hook me up. (laughs) Who was the quarterback one overall in 2021? Wow. That's so tough. It was Kyler Murray. (laughs) Kyler Murray. Okay. All right. So, um, the additions of AJ green and Rondale Moore must've helped quite a bit. Um, the fact that the running game is not, (laughs) I mean, it wasn't particularly stable last year with Kenyon Drake leading the way but i mean you replace him with james connor it's i you know it's even even harder to to trust so yeah i and then the the rushing that ends up being such a big thing with so many you know with the for fantasy football purposes the qb1 almost always i mean pretty much always has to have some kind of rushing floor so yeah kyler fits do you believe Kyler Kyler said he wants to run the ball less this year? Do you yeah. believe that? Um yeah, I could see that. I I man, I always I like I talk a lot about and this was kind of my issue with, you know, Trey Lance uh versus Justin Fields. This is kind of where I came down on the Justin Fields side of it is like Trey Lance feels like a just a career running quarterback to me, you know? I don't, I don't like his delivery. I don't like he's, he's, he reminds me a lot of Lamar Jackson in, you know, in his skill set, which is, and first of all, it's, it's the mentality, the run first mentality, but also it's like, yeah, it throws a pretty deep ball and stuff, but it's not, he's, he's just not that good of a passer. And I don't know that you're going to be able to develop it. Whereas, you know, so Lamar Jackson was kind of that guy for me. It still is. I don't. I don't right. think he's a good passer. I just. I don't think Lamar Jackson is a good passer. You can tell me all you want about his efficiency. His running set, sets up the pass. Yep. And that's where he's effective. If he was not able to run, if he had to stand in the pocket, I don't think he would. I think he would be the worst quarterback in football. Right. I kind of feel that way with Trey Lance too. Although I think that he's a better passer than Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's going to develop into a pocket passer. Justin Fields, I do. You know, we saw with Russell Wilson, he settled in as a pocket passer who can run when he needs to. And I think that's that's Kyler Murray too. I think he's a guy who can stand in the pocket and throw. And it, it's just going to make him that much better as a player just all around when, yeah. you know, he's he's lethal, he's surgical as a passer, but you still have to respect the run. Like that's... That's where Russell Wilson's at. That's where Josh Allen's at. And that's why those guys are so damn good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't hate that at all, man. Um, and I think that I, I think that people are making that mistake of assuming, like with Bateman there, that all of a sudden Lamar turns into <laughs> this year's everybody's looking for this year's Josh Allen and excuses to yeah. make Bateman happen. And yeah. a lot has to happen for Bateman to hit that ceiling people want to. That doesn't mean he can't be a productive, viable piece, but hmm. they want him to do a lot of really cool stuff, man. And I'm <laughs> saying that, like, while you were on that island, I know you didn't ask this, but 
Sammy Watkins ended up outscoring Bateman in fantasy points. I love that. I would. I actually was thinking about asking you that as kind of a follow up to all this, but I was hoping to guide you to that exact statement because I'm so with you on that. I mean, yeah. you just just don't don't count on a rookie wide receiver above all else. You know, just just it's you just don't do it. But like the other thing is, you know, in that particular offense, he's looking for the big body guys who can yep. who you know who get position. And especially in the red zone, which is where a lot of the passing numbers come from, because it's a, it's it, people love to point to the efficiency. You know, it's pretty easy to be efficient when you're running, you know, four wide down in the red zone, <laughs> you know, from the five yard line. You're going four wide. Plus, you've got a, a quarterback who can just easily run it in just as easily as, you know, he like it's as easy for him as taking a knee. It's like, what the yeah. hell do you defend there? Yeah. So, yep. yeah, he's going to be – again, the run sets up everything. He's going to be efficient in those short yardage situations down around the goal line. But, yeah, you know, he he's going to be looking for – he's going to be looking for Sammy Watkins way more than Rashad Bateman, I think. Yeah, and I think Sammy Watkins will know how to get open and show that he's open. I mean, he's – He's been had an up and down career. What's this his fourth team? I, I think honestly, because he went to the Rams mm-hmm. and then to the Chiefs and then here so, drafted to Buffalo. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um. So something's not right, but I mean, I think he found a spot where he could be that number one wide receiver, even if it's just for a year. Mm-hmm. I, I think. I mean, Bateman's still the long play here for dynasty, but. For me, I think Sammy Watkins is a really nice little cheap ad that you can go get for practically nothing if you're in wide receiver trouble, which is a lot of my teams. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you could do that. Wide receivers, so like it's so just, I don't know, oversaturated though. Like there's so many different ways you can go. But yeah, anyone who overpays for Bateman is just. You're you're not you're not taking advantage of wide receiver values, and you're way underestimating Sammy Watkins because, like you said, four teams. Yeah. Now, but the the last three, he's been productive and everywhere. Especially, yeah, especially when you get into some of these, like when you are in redraft. Because I know we talk dynasty all the time, but when you're in some of these like best balls and eliminators that we've been playing, you really like you see these rookies going before, and I'm thinking like, why wouldn't you just take Ty Hilton there? Right. Like that's who's going to be getting the ball from Wentz this year. And you don't have to worry about the next year. Like I've gotten a lot of T.Y. Hilton in like best balls just because everybody's taking the rookies. And I'm like, this is where I'm taking Hilton. So <laughs> another cheap play there. Yep. Yeah. Um, I have to ask you a question about when I was on the island, don't I? Oh, yeah. And I got to I got to answer it <laughs> properly for once. We're both bad at this. So we'll hard. do this. We'll do more of these um, going forward so that we can get better at it, if nothing else. Yeah, need some practice. Uh, who ended up starting for Denver Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke? Um, Drew Locke. Yeah. And, it, it, and it's a little tempting to say none of the above because there's still a lot of trade options out there, and all of a sudden they've got all the leverage, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for Houston, this is your chance to get away from Deshaun Watson and uh, Green Bay. This is this might be your chance to get something in in return for Rodgers. But yeah, I'm gonna uh, we'll just go off of who they actually have, and I'm gonna say Drew Locke. Yeah. So so Drew Locke ended up doing decent enough in camp. All the media hype wasn't quite what it was cracked up to be, and. I mean, I guess you said he was a starter. You didn't say he did a good job at it, though. <laughs> I, yeah, and I didn't say he kept the job all year. True. Yeah. He's got some freaking weapons, though, man. If he could get it together, like, I'm actually, mm-hmm. I don't want to say I'm optimistically cheering, but I'm definitely cheering for Drew Locke. I would like to see him find some kind of success. I just I just don't know if we're going to see it happen at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm I'm not a Drew Lock believer. I'm just I'm just kind of done with that. But 
And like I said, I mean, I think that there are still a lot of outs for them, a lot of ways for them to trade for, you know, a franchise type quarterback. But let's talk about Cortland Sutton. Okay. Yeah. How do we do you, it? How do we do it from you, the uh, Yeah. Like from the island. Like, so you mentioned to me before I went out on the island, like the ethic that Cortland Sutton has and how excited you were to see him in Denver. And, and to that point, I was already excited about Sutton, but then you got me even more fired up. Like, how did that all work out? Did it, did he have that 2021 season come back from the injury strong? Uh, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> there, like, yeah I gave the, I gave the short answer. <laughs> it's like the one time I wanted you to just be long-winded as shit. <laughs> so I mean, I can always do that if I need to. I'm assuming but... that like him and Jerry Judy complimented each other very well. To be honest with you, because I like Jerry Judy, and yeah, but I, but I'm thinking that you're you're probably saying Sutton went out and had like an 1100 yard season, eight to nine touchdowns, wide receiver two, like with wide receiver 18 ish. Yeah, I think something like that. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, like I do think that him and Judy both cap each other's upside, and then you throw in Fant, and it's like, you know, people people love the situation for you know for a quarterback, but like. If you if you isolate any one of those pass catchers, you're like, man, that's it's not it's not great for that guy. It's good, but it's not great because there's still a lot of mouths to feed there. Plus, yeah. they're going to run the ball. They're yeah. always going to try and run the ball. They went got Javante Williams just for that reason. Got Mike Boone, who I love. I know you like Mike Boone a lot, you know, but now you have, I mean, with Williams there and still Melvin Gordon there, you have to kind of be a little out on Boone. I don't know, man. I, you know, I kind of think Melvin Gordon might be a cut candidate. They've paid him most of his money. Uh, He's, I think he's due about 3 million at this point. It was very, it was a very front loaded two year deal. So, you know, he doesn't play special teams. The other guys do. <laughs> um, I, I I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call it a slam dunk. You know the way we talked about Tyrell Williams getting cut by Detroit. It's it doesn't feel right. like that type of slam dunk, but it feels like it it I it, it just it would not shock me at all. Like to make room for a trade or because three million dollars isn't a ton to be paying Melvin Gordon this year. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I think that you need guys who play special teams, you know, um, you know, part of the, part of the, you know, the kick coverage or whatever, um, any guys who are doing that, any guys who maybe return kicks, um, and I, you know, they can have Javante Williams doing that early on. They can have, you know, Mike Boone has been part of the special teams unit in Minnesota the last couple of years. So, um, you know, Royce Freeman, even, I mean, he, he didn't earn a role on the offense. So like the only reason Mm -hmm. he's still around is because of the, uh, the special teams. So, you know, I, I I think that it kind of makes Gordon the odd man out. So who had the better 2021 season, Javante Williams or Travis Etienne? (laughs) (laughs) Man, this is such a trap. Uh, Try being on this island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna say Etienne. That I want, but it, and and I'm really curious, like what conclusions you you in particular draw from that? Because speaking of being on an island, stranded on an island, you're pretty much all alone on James Robinson Island at this point. So when you hear Etienne, like what is that? What is that? mean to you what does that mean for james robinson um you know what does that mean for etienne uh, maybe maybe it speaks more to to javante williams who knows yeah i mean i was hoping that you said james robinson had a fairly decent year even if it's so i can try to get some kind of return on some of my shares once i get back from this island but i don't know that that's going to happen um i feel like the nice thing about him is he's going to be using the passing game a lot. And that's ETN, not James Robinson. I think that that's like, I'm almost more worried 
for somebody like LaVisca Chenault more than I am James Robinson, as crazy as that sounds. Like, I still think James Robinson is going to get his, let's say, 13 to 18 touches, depending on how he's playing on a weekly basis. And then you have Travis coming in for a lot of third down work. And I think that he's going to be used sort of like a wide receiver. And we can still have a very viable James Robinson. I don't think James Robinson is going to be an RB1, but I think that it's not crazy to think that he finishes as like a mid-range to low RB2 still and is very, very useful for us in fantasy for the price that you can get him at. And uh, But then with all that said, too, there's the fact that Chenault's looked really good in camp. Mm-hmm. Like he supposedly is the most impressive one. And he also got the ball a little bit out of the backfield last year. Mm-hmm. And so I could see Chenault also hurting ETN a little bit on, on the flip side. And maybe we have to wait a little bit to actually see what we want out of him. But then he's also the one with the connection with Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. So so <laughs> many crazy variables, but I think James Robinson is going to be just fine. Like, I think the market overreacted to that. Mm-hmm. I do too, for the record. I mean, part of where I was going with it is I don't, I don't think that Javante Williams is going to be as big a part of the offense in Denver as Etienne will in Jacksonville. So, you know, it's, it's more of a, it's more of an, a, a you know, kind of a, it's it's more anti Javante Williams than pro Travis Etienne. I think you just don't like Williams. I, I I like him. I just don't think that there's you know again there's just so many mouths to feed, so many diff, different ways to go with the football. And I and I really do think that Mike Boone is going to be heavily involved. I think he's going to be a, a a big part, especially on early downs. Um, if if Melvin Gordon is there, they're going to keep him very involved as well. So yeah. one of those two veterans is going to really limit the amount of work that's available to Javante Williams, at least early on. So See, I I kind of have it with Melvin staying in Denver mm-hmm. and Melvin Gordon being your running back that starts every week as long as he's healthy. Yeah. But it like kind of similar, like I've compared it to um Jags with uh Fred Jackson and MJD and yeah. how Fred Jackson was still the starter. Everybody kind of thought Maurice Jones drew was just, you could get him for so cheap because Fred Jackson was the starter those first couple seasons, but he was still being outproduced by, I kind of look at it like that. Whereas Melvin Gordon could be the starter assuming he's there and yeah. being slowly outproduced by Javante Williams from behind and kind of both of them putting up like, like those Mark Ingram, Latavius Murray numbers, like of not the first year they were together, but like the second year they were together when they were both kind of like having decent weeks, you know, maybe something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And I think that the opportunity is going to, going to kind of, it's going to grow for Javante Williams as the season goes on. I just think that he's going to fall behind Etienne enough early on that, you know, Etienne is going to ultimately finish with more more production. And in year one, I think year two is a totally different story. But, you know, so it, it, and it doesn't even have to be a monster season for Etienne. It's just there's a lot more work for him in the first half of the season and maybe a little beyond. You know, I think I like I always my approach for running backs is kind of that that wave approach, you know, where you get the guys who are going to start early on and then. You know, there's kind of that second phase in the middle of the season once everybody's hurt and we're on to the backups. <laughs> and then, you know, and then there's the third wave kind of late in the in the season um, where it's a whole new group of guys. I kind yeah. of think Javante Williams is that third wave type of guy. I think uh, I think James Robinson is probably a second wave type of guy. I think Javante Williams is a third wave type of guy. And I think that they could both be around and be – you know, league winner types. Yeah. Um, and I think that's fair. That happens with more rookie running backs than we want to admit too, is you'll start yep. to see them start to show up towards the end of the year. And even with like acres last year, you started to see it with Dobbins. You started to see Taylor. Swift when he came back. Yeah. Taylor yep. even and, did it as good as he was. Yep. And yep. as good as his opportunity was, he was still early on. He was losing a lot of work to Hines and Wilkins, 
You know, yep. it's just it it takes some time because you know they've got to win the trust in in pass protection. You know, from the offensive coordinator, from the head coach, from the yep. quarterback, they've got to earn that, and it takes a while. You got to you have to demonstrate that you you know you understand your assignments before they're going to put you on the field consistently. So, yep. it takes a while for all of them. Um, so, but I, I I think Etienne probably you know gets a little bit of a head start on Javante Williams. My other thing with that though, yeah. Like I also I also think that that Jaguars passing attack is not nearly as strong as people think. I know you get Trevor Lawrence and that should be that should be the fix, right? But I I and and this is an this is another one that I know I'm I I need to tread lightly, but I've just I've never been a DJ Chark believer and I just think that now they're really in a position where you know, his deficiencies are going to be really glaring with this offense now. I think Chenault kind of becomes more of a, a downfield guy, which opens things up for those running backs. And I just think, you know, you've got Marvin Jones there now. I just think, I don't, I don't, I don't know that there's much of a role for DJ Chark. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Getting rid of him. Yeah. Dang. Unfortunately, I, I mean, he's had such crappy quarterback play, though. It's tough for me to just get sure. rid of him, I guess. But I wanted to ask, too, though, like, so who starts week one? Will it be will James Robinson start week one or do you think he's completely lost his job? Um, Man, that's a tough one. Yeah, it's hard to get away from the first rounder. They shouldn't care as much about draft capital as they do. They should be looking at this the way Seattle looked at their situation, you know, with Penny and Carson. Mm -hmm. It's like you spent one first round pick. You got two good running backs. Does it matter which one? Like, does it have to be the first round pick? Right. It shouldn't, you know, you, you, you spent the same amount of draft capital either way. So, yeah, you know, um, they should be fine with James Robinson. Like just just pretend that you spent the first round pick on James Robinson instead, right? <laughs> but, they, but unfortunately, they have been fine with him in the draft is part of the problem. Probably that's true. Yeah, that too. And, but then that's the thing too is even if you get ETN in there and he starts, or if he's just taking a strong part of the load, we'll say if he doesn't succeed, they have somebody they can turn to right away that has and is still young and proved that he can carry the load last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I think that's something that people are kind of overlooking, even with that draft capital, because you're right. That draft capital is important, but even with that, if he doesn't prove himself in the NFL, they have somebody they can turn to that quick. They don't mm-hmm. have to stay committed if they want to win. Yeah. 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 And that's just it. I like, I think they're going to default to the first round pick. I think it's a mistake. Um, maybe Etienne does well. And, you know, justifies the move, but, you know, he can also, they can also put him on a really short leash, you know, to your point. So that's, that's kind of the good news for James Robinson and for, you know, for fantasy players and dynasty players, you know, the fact that, you know, you, you got James Robinson for free and, you know, maybe you got him, you got him super cheap again this off season. I don't think that he loses uh, he he he's gonna he's gonna earn back a bunch of the value that he lost. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Even if it's just production, and you still can't move him, I think that you'll have gained value even just within production than what he can still give your your team. Yeah. Well, John, this has been kind of fun. I wish we were deserted on the island together, <laughs> and I. I who I would answer I'll our questions? The so. game better. Yeah, I, we <laughs> yeah. kind of learned on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Always yeah. a pleasure, though. Did yeah. Do you have any other questions before we got out of here? I guess I should ask. Um, what's a roster build that wins Superflex championships? Um, year one. <laughs> yeah. You know, in twenty twenty one. Yeah. John, I'm I'm uh very much like you. I'm quarterback early and often within like the startup construction, and then I'm taking my running backs. Nice. And I'm 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 dismissing wide receivers probably even like in Scott Fishbowl this year, unless the right one falls to me at the right tier. I'm completely dismissing them 
and yep. I'll be trying to find some guys later and I'll I'll sort of stream those positions within my lineup actually like the wide receivers kind of like you mentioned with best ball you can't you can't do that but within this like I can look at matchups and that's what I'll be doing with a lot of my wide receivers um but man the winning formula is just kind of like trying to stay on top of things and being active and not believing that it's there's luck in this and yep and I think that's I think that uh and some people get lucky we see it but pay attention to what's going on and what other people are doing and be one step ahead of them. Yeah. So, and be right here. So we keep nice. you straight. You don't have to worry about being in front of the curb. Nice. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, we need to do more of these partly so we get better at them, <laughs> but partly, <laughs> but partly because I think it's super useful. So yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And I mean, <laughs> We didn't even have a prepared question, let alone like John was just like, I have an idea. He explained it to me a little bit. I was like, hey, that sounds intriguing. Let's do it. And here we are. So I think you did pretty good. It's like a pilot. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Let's see if it gets picked up for the at least the rest of the season. (laughs) Right. Keep one going. Yeah. Well, I am at Swagzilla Zero G. I'm a Superflex dude. This is at Superflex City. Shout out to Zach Reed. Shout out. Shout out to everybody that joined the Keenan Allen Keenan Allen Charity League. Yeah. That's an awesome cause. Shout out to the two guys who didn't take quarterbacks ahead of me. I know. What was it like McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook? Does that sound I think right? So. Yeah, that sounds right. It was rough, man. Sal Stefanelli's already giving me crap about my two quarterbacks. But he was going to do that either way, so it's all good. Yeah. Well, he took Alex Smith, didn't he? (laughs) Probably, or Tim Boyle. And if he hasn't yet, he will.